Hey y'all, this is Simone. I just wanted to record a little content warning for this coming episode. Um, There are a few mentions of eating disorder, body image uh, issues, body dysmorphia. Um, We're talking about cosmetic surgery and enhancement, so obviously this is going to include some conversation about bodies and body standards. In addition to that, I just wanted to, I guess, take accountability for the ways in which my language may have been a little bit generalized or callous. When I was listening back, I realized some of the things that I was saying I was processing in real time, and so some of it could be misconstrued to have meanings that I didn't intend. So I just wanted to reiterate everything that I say has to do with the relation I have to my own body you know, working through a society that tells us to internalize fat phobia towards others and ourselves is something that I and all of us, I think, are continuously working through. So just wanted to be very clear that on this podcast, we support all body types. Um, We think all bodies are beautiful. And also we think that your body doesn't have to be beautiful for you to be worthy as a person. That's all. Okay. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome back to 5 to 9 Podcast. It's me, Simone from the internet. And it's me, Rara from the internet. (laughs) And we're going to do that till the end of time. It's going to be great. And you're all going to deal with it. (laughs) We'll come up with a a better intro eventually, I think. But for now, that's just what everyone's getting. Yeah. That's just the level of uh, production you're getting here at 5 to 9 Podcast. Listen, there's a (laughs) pandemic. I... We're already doing the most all the time. What else do you want from us? Yeah. A tagline? No, absolutely not. Yeah. What do you want from us? <laughs> you already take so much from us. You take and you take. And you give nothing in return. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Honestly. That's like the 2020 sex worker motto. You take and you take. <laughs> you sit there with your grubby little paws and you demand more. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm here to say i'm sick of it i'm sick and wow. tired of it all <laughs> i will not go quietly <laughs> into the night <laughs> oh yeah. boy what a yeah, week <laughs> right? yeah what uh what let's, um, what did you do this week <laughs> not a damn thing Word. um it felt like not a damn thing I, it was one of those it was one of those times where it's one of those weeks where um and this always happens to me in like the fall slash winter when the weather starts getting all freaky and shit i feel like i'm doing like an insane amount of work and then i'll look up from my computer and i'll be like i haven't done anything (laughs) i did not complete one thing on my to-do list amazing that's me when i spend like hours scrolling through work twitter and then i'm like Yes. I was working. That was work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, we're, we're counting that as work. I'm just like scroll. I'm like it's research. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't blow off the day. I was fully working. It was a work day, so don't come for me. Yeah, you were. Um, <laughs> you were networking. Yeah. that's that's yeah. networking. And that's yeah. what they always tell you to do in college. They're like, you need to go to these networking events, and I'm like, actually, I just have to go to twitter.com slash whores, and <laughs> there, done. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, well, for me, it was like I, I realized recently I might actually have like ADHD um, just based on of all the all the evidence of my entire adult life, but especially within the past couple months <laughs> of just like starting projects, getting completely like starting my workday, getting completely derailed by like one thing going wrong and then not being able to correct it at all and just getting fixated on like all the shit that I like got wrong. But that's basically what's happened to me this week. And I've just been like, I was supposed to film all this content. I came up with this amazing schedule to do my online work. And it just all fell apart. <laughs> like I was like, oh, yeah, today I'm going to uh, plan the content. Tomorrow I'm going to make the content. When it come to, came time to actually make the content, I got so sidetracked and so distracted. I didn't do anything. I ended up just taking a bunch of selfies. Um, that's work too <laughs> so I'm I'm like i'm taking selfies yeah but i was like sitting there like trying not to cry my makeup Aww. off like i didn't do any of the beautiful content i was gonna make because my mental health is horrible send money so here's some selfies <laughs> send money to help me here's some selfies for my only fans crisis only yeah. money will dry my tears <laughs> yeah i know right yeah and then i went to the strip club once and it actually turned out to be an, uh, an okay day um and which is better than the terrible days i've been having so it was uh, you know it's it's not like a total waste but definitely not feeling very accomplished this week and the seasonal depression's kind of kicking in and yeah but you know what that's my sad story what's your week been it's, like it's been pretty low-key I have the opposite of you I don't make a schedule at all I just like wing it completely um I have a vague idea <laughs> of what my life is supposed to be and then I just mostly ignore that I I did make like a vague <laughs> schedule for getting my life together to leave Seattle back in October I had I planned out each week what I needed to have done and then got into mm -hmm. November and was like, actually, what if I just didn't do any of that and just sort of winged it again? So instead of being where I'm supposed to be based on this arbitrary fake schedule I made, I'm not doing any of it, which is cool. I Rates. do think I will make it to REI eventually. I keep saying I'm going to go and then I keep not doing it, but I do actually have to go. You've been talking I about know. it. And now I'm like, what's so great about this store? Is it really that amazing? I mean, I just need so much stuff from there for my trip. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, is this just like a special store that you like? Because like, that's how I feel about Target <laughs> is like, I got to go to Target. <laughs> I got to go. Not for any reason. Just I'm drawn to Target. Yeah. I need to go to there. Yeah. I mean, I do kind of feel that way about REI. I don't shop there a lot, but it is kind of a fun place to just walk around. I do like touching all the soft yeah. fabrics. Well, you're pretty outdoorsy too. So I imagine there's like a lot more cool shit to look at. Like I just get depressed being in outdoor stores because I don't spend enough time outdoors. Like so much of my life is indoors these days that I'll go to like a supply st store or something like sporting goods and I'll just be like, wow, look at all the stuff I'm not going to be able to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm trying to become an outdoors person cool. since moving here. I feel like I'm homebody sun, nature bitch moon. You know what I mean? Like inside, that's who I want yeah. to be. <laughs> so I'm trying to make that transition for myself, but it's hard because a girl loves her creature comforts. Not going to lie. Uh, yeah, but it's also expensive. Like people, th people think being um, outdoorsy is like lower maintenance, and it's so not. It's actually crazy expensive to be an outdoorsy, campy kind of person. Yeah, right. You need to like, have there's so much money that goes definitely. into it. And if you want to have any basic level of comfort, you are gonna want to invest in some good quality gear. And there definitely are cheaper options. Mm -hmm. And buying secondhand is always a good thing to do. But if you want 
to be more comfortable outside and you want to have more access to like a better cooking setup or whatever, you're going to have to drop a little more money. So it's, it's like an upfront investment that you need to have. You need to have Mm -hmm. some money set aside to invest in the supplies. And then once you have them, it can be low maintenance and cheap, obviously to camp then rather than to pay rent, I guess. But so we're going camping this weekend, me and uh, my boyfriend and, uh, sister and uh her husband and i I haven't been camping in like forever but also like i did nothing to help plan this trip (laughs) i was just like like oh you're getting a tent or whatever that's cool (laughs) and then let's like (laughs) and he's like yeah like getting all this shit on amazon and just like buying all this stuff and we have to go shopping again today but i've literally been just the biggest space cadet about it and been like what do we need i don't know and he's just like been buying all this stuff and i'm like i am just the worst planner of all time like i i rely so much on my partner to plan shit. I like planning, like, but I am also kind of new to camping. And when I went camping this summer, a mm-hmm. colleague took me and it was very much like, okay, so you have all the supplies, all of them. I'm going to borrow the rest from my friends. You're going to figure out what the hell, how we're going to eat. And it was great. They like totally knew what they were doing. And it was very easy for me to just show up and be like, I'm here to sleep outside. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going on. I'm here. This is my gift to the... <laughs> Yeah, this is my gift to the camping Honestly. trip is my wonderful sense of humor. Yeah, that and like taking <laughs> nudes for them. Photography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a sex worker camping trip would be amazing. Oh, I do it so badly. Wow. That's a really maybe good idea. Maybe when I'm on my trip, All right. I, hopefully maybe I can like swing through different cities and just be like, come sleep in my car with me for a night. You can't be over like 5'8", oh, yeah. really, but <laughs> if you're 5'8 and under, you can sleep in my car with me. <laughs> Short kings and queens like, only. Truly, <laughs> truly. Yeah. I definitely designed things in my life to be exactly to my height specifications, which has been a problem in mm. the past. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I like redid my room in high school in my mom's house, I, I found this really cool like chandelier mm. situation and it hung really low. And I was like, well, that's not a problem because it's still like a good foot above my ass. Uh, and then my like six foot tall <laughs> friend would come over and just like bonk his head repeatedly in, in the chandelier. And I would be like... <laughs> you're in my house, you're going to deal. Like, I have no sympathy. <laughs> the rest yeah, of the world is seriously. for tall people. <laughs> you come into my house, you have to look at my full yeah. mirror that cuts <laughs> off at your chest, and that's that. <laughs> yeah, it's Hobbiton up in here, yeah. bitch. Like, yeah, cool. So, yeah, camping. Am yeah, I right, yeah. folks? Outdoors. <laughs> On everyone, the internet. Everyone's been there. Cool. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the exact op- uh, Let's talk about... <laughs> Let's talk about cosmetic let's, surgery. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a segue, yeah. huh? <laughs> really talented at segues. So actually, Simone put out a call for stories about uh, cosmetic surgery and body modification and stuff on the Instagram, which is at five to nine pod. Yes. Right? Is that our uh, app for Instagram? I hope yeah. I'm not lying, but I believe that's correct. Yeah, we'll we'll link it in the episode. But um but yeah, so we, we it's a subject that we had wanted to talk about originally and I think it's like kind of like a hot button issue right now too. Um just cuz there's like lots of talk around cosmetic surgery and feminism and all this shit and uh and you know as sex workers we have to deal with the pressures for that too. So we were like let's do an episode about it. Let's find out what other people think about it. So yeah, so uh Simone, are you are are you pro or anti cosmetic surgery? I And if that's a loaded question, please yeah, explain. Yeah, no, I think um a lot of my interest in this topic is very much centered around that question to myself um, because I think Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of my life 
so I spent a lot of my life being anti-cosmetic surgery. And I think a lot of that was like internalized sexism and misogyny that I needed to work through to get to a more nuanced take. And it was challenging Mm -hmm. because I've struggled with body image basically my whole life. And so there were definitely points in my life where I don't know that I had really clear views on cosmetic surgery, but I was like, damn, I would just get lipo if I could, like all that sort of stuff, but didn't really have a clear Mm -hmm. vision of it. And then as I grew older and then started doing sex work and started getting exposed to more people that had cosmetic surgery. I think growing up, I didn't have a lot of exposure or at least not that I knew of. There was no one in my life that had fake breasts. There was no one in my life that had obvious Mm -hmm. work done. And my mom has Mm -hmm. definitely never gotten any kind of work done. So it just wasn't in my environment. And Mm -hmm. so for that reason, I think I just sort of, I didn't associate it with something that regular people do. I'm doing that in air quotes, like it was something that people in Hollywood did or something like that. Yeah, I've worked through it. And I've thought about it. And then I got to a place where I was like, people should do whatever they want, whatever they want with their bodies, but it's not for me. And Mm -hmm. I think I still struggle sometimes with the people should do whatever they want with their bodies. And I support their choices. And I would never judge anyone for doing it. And also, I wish that people didn't feel like they had to do this. Because this is a thing that would to me, simply would not exist if we didn't live in an ultra-misogynistic, capitalistic world. And I don't love the idea that most cosmetic surgery is, from my understanding, formulated around, like, male desire and ideas of what women are supposed Mm -hmm. to look like. And I don't love the idea that women feel like they need to conform to those ideas in order to be beautiful or be desirable, However, that is the world we live in, and often being more desirable to men, even if you're not a sex worker, makes your life fucking easier. And then, of course, there's so many other kinds of cosmetic surgery that don't necessarily have to do with looking more sexy, such as skin removal, weight loss related, of course, Mm -hmm. gender affirming surgeries I've always held as an aside because they don't feel cosmetic. Those are medically necessary, even if they... Right. Some people would not consider, I guess, fake breasts medically necessary. But I think if it's a gender affirming choice, then it is medically necessary. So they're just kind of a separate category in Mm -hmm. my mind. But I do think that, yeah, ultimately, I've come to the conclusion that people should do whatever they want. And as much as I wish we lived in a different world, we don't. And so I'm going to support people doing whatever they want. And I'm not going to let people be judgy or shitty about it in front of me either. I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm I will call that out if people are like, "Wow. Wow, she has crazy huge tits." And I'll be like, "Yeah, and she looks fucking good and you're jealous. So why don't you sit down?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my like general thing and I I, I want to expand as we move through the episode. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, so I feel like our our trajectory in thinking uh, and our backgrounds with in regard to this is really similar because I also didn't know anybody that visibly got uh, cosmetic procedures or was at least out about it. The women in my family are very, um, I mean, my grandmother is insanely Catholic. So she, I mean, she, it wasn't, I don't think that's even an option. Like she's very working class Catholic. Um, And my mother is, you know, she's a public school teacher. So any kind of like cosmetic surgery was going to like, was usually out of her income bracket. 
um, even though she was like a femme person. Um, and also, like, I, I, I'm very lucky to have uh, insanely good genetics where, like, the women in my family, their skin ages amazingly. So it was something that I kind of grew up. And I also grew up with a lot of internalized misogyny around, you know, especially in regard to, like, sex workers and uh, people that get cosmetic procedures and surgeries. Um, like, I, I would conflate, you know, big fake tits with a lower IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a lot what uh, what happens with a lot of younger women. Uh, we're kind of taught to judge each other based on things like that. Um, but yeah, I was very anti uh, any kind of medical procedures like that um, because I considered it I considered it stupid. I thought it was really dumb to appeal to the male gaze. But meanwhile, like I'm you know a pretty slender tall uh i was blonde you know uh most of my life uh and so i like i was coming from an insane place of privilege uh to even to have such a judgmental view you know of other people who were doing cosmetic procedures to get like my body type basically Um, i was like really insanely uh, judgmental about that um, but it wasn't until I started working in um, in like beauty. I was a receptionist for a hair salon and I started seeing people coming in with, you know, and, and living in Atlanta too, like everyone here has had work mm-hmm. done, it seems like. It's very normal and I, th- I feel like it's a major city thing too. It's like you go to a big city and it's like way more common to see women who have had work done and to see, um, you know, facilities and for people to like more openly talk about it. Whereas, like, yeah, where I'm from, you know, it's not really talked about so much. But, yeah, like, when I moved to Atlanta, I started getting more exposed to that culture. And then when I became a sex worker, I was, like, it completely turned around my idea of, you know, plastic surgery and um, Botox and fillers and all that stuff. Um, And then this year, I got Botox for the first time, like, a couple months ago. And it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, how do you Um and then I was like no, <laughs> Well, yeah, like uh I had I had been wanting um Botox for a while just because the stress in my life um has been worked up to a point where it's just it is starting to show on my face. You know, I'm 31, so I'm starting to get those like fine lines and um it definitely got me thinking more of like what I want to do to preserve like, you know, what is essentially like my money maker, right. you know, my body and my face. Um, so I was starting to see it more as a business investment than as like this, like things I just needed to correct because I was super uncomfortable with. Right. You know, like the Botox is like a business investment. <laughs> it's a, like and it's preventative Botox. So it's, um, you know, the younger you do it, the less you actually need in the future. Damn, I need um, to get some Botox. So it. <laughs> yeah. And it's and, you know, when you start doing preventatively, um, yeah, it it basically it, it works out in your favor later down the line because your muscles are just not working as hard and creating those lines. So you actually need less than if you started way sure. later in life. But again, I'm not thrilled that I have, you know, like I I'm annoyed that I have a career that is like sex work, especially like online sex work. Uh, People are obsessed with extreme youth. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like sex workers themselves. I think it's the clients. But for me, it's like, you know, I I started sex work at 29. So I'm kind of like up there as far as, you know, 
uh, in age, I guess, to start sex work. So I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm like playing all this catch up. And also like I'm dealing with different skin issues than a young, you know, than a 20 year old is dealing with. Um, I'm different. I'm dealing with slightly different body issues than a 20 year old is dealing with. So it it is like stuff that I have to, I am hyper focused on because I, I'm trying to take care of my thing that makes me money. But yeah, but but it's and I also oh I did get cheek, cheek fillers oh. too last month for the first time. Yeah, I actually um so I I got cheek fillers not because I needed them because I have a pretty sharp cheekbones yeah, already. But I've always been really uh <laughs> thank you yeah that was that wasn't a brag by the way. <laughs> Sorry. We're all just here. Yeah, I've always been skinny and bit be- like be- beautiful cheekbones. <laughs> like true, I sound like though. a dick. <laughs> I again like everyone's you know everyone's got their fucking things that they're just like insanely um self-conscious about and mine have always been my mylar lines which if you don't know it's the lines under your eyes um that like go a little bit across your cheeks and some people's lines are a little bit more pronounced than others mine have always been really pronounced even when I was young but as I'm getting older and the hyaluronic hyaluronic acid I think is what it's called is like starting to drain from your yeah like the collagen starts kind of draining from your that area underneath your eyes you start looking more hollow in that gotcha. area and I've just been noticing that over the past couple years and I've like it's something that is always drives me nuts in pictures when I can see like a little dent mm-hmm. in my profile on my cheek and I was like you know what I'm finally get, I'm just gonna try these cheek fillers and see if it makes a difference and it makes me feel better and so I did it um it wasn't really too painful actually it was pretty they do like a numbing agent mm-hmm. Um, it does get a little bit kind of painful towards the eye, but it's really just more like a pinch. There's, it's also really weird because you can hear it crackling, like when it goes into your skin. So you, it's like this weird, like rice crispy sound when it gets to a certain point in this, and it's like, and it's like, oh, you can like, it's like your face filling up with the filler. (laughs) Yeah, it's really subtle at first, and then it starts filling out, and it actually starts looking a little bit better over time. But I noticed right away, like started looking smoother. And after about a week, it was like settled in and I love it. Like, I actually think I'm going to go back and get a little bit more. It smoothed it out really well. And it lasts for like, fillers last for one and a half to two years. It's not some, like something you have to get done over and over and over again. It, it's pretty affordable these days. I think my syringe was like, I had a coupon or something. So my syringe was like 750 um, and they used one syringe for, um, so that, that was like total mm-hmm. what they used. Um, so like one, you know, one syringe like that every two years is really not a humongous right. uh, investment. You can, you can, you you can justify put like throwing that on a credit card, right? right? You can. But yeah, and like the Botox, <laughs> yeah, the Botox, <laughs> yeah, you can justify anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the Botox is like something you have to get a little bit more often. It's like, ev- like every three months and mine was like $300. So it is going to be a little bit more expensive, but at the same time, um, I really don't mind because it makes me feel better. Right. I like when I look at myself in pictures now, like I don't have to do a shitload of editing on my forehead right. because I have all these crazy forehead wrinkles, right? Um, so yeah, and then like, you know, I, I look younger in person too. Like when I'm at the club, I look younger. So it's, you know, if I can look 25 right. for the next 15 years, like I'm about right. it. 
And it's so funny because I find older women so sexy. There's just something so sexy about Mm -hmm. the way that the body naturally ages. And I know that it it varies for people and Mm -hmm. some people have different skin issues and whatever it may be. It's disappointing, I think, sometimes when men, like you said, are just looking for that super young look because I'm like, have you seen older Mm -hmm. women? They're sexy. (laughs) Women in their 30s and 40s are hot and 50s and 60s. Women are just Mm -hmm. beautiful. Anyway, but yeah, that's my experience. My my experience with um, cosmetic procedures so far. Mm-hmm. I'm saving up to get my titties done because I've decided that I want big anime titties. Um, <sighs> R.I.P. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm a I'm a I know. fan of the small titties. Although I will say, this past year, I have started to appreciate big titties as well. Yeah. More exposure to big titties has made me be like, oh yeah, big titties rule. But I do find small titties yeah. really sexy. And um, but I'm happy for you that you're gonna get to do the thing you want to do, even Thank though you. I will mourn your small titties. And it's, I'm not doing it. Yeah, like I'm okay. So so here's the thing. When I I feel like when I explain this to people, why I want yeah. big titties. People think it's like, oh, okay, you're trying to intellectualize, like, this decision to just get giant knockers. For me, um, so much of, like, my body dysmorphia is related to proportions. Mm -hmm. And as I get older and my hips get a little bit wider and it's harder to lose weight and, you know, stay in shape, I feel like my proportions are off. And it's something that I've kind of always struggled with. You know, having a big booty and big hips is awesome. Um, But I just feel like as I get older and I'm just – I don't want to have to worry about losing, you know, like losing and gaining like 5 to 10 pounds all the time and like being like totally crushed when I look in the mirror in my body. And I'm like, if I had big boobs, (laughs) I would not be so upset because I see girls online that are really curvy. And they have like big boobs and they have like a big butt, right? And I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't mind getting thicker. I wouldn't mind putting on like even like 20 pounds if I proportion, like if I could look like proportional, you know, where I wasn't just um, like pear shaped. And again, even though I see other women online and I'm like, wow, you look so beautiful, like with your shape like that, I can't see that in myself. And I know it's something like I have to deal with. But I've also like I as a sex worker, it's like I'm I know I'll make more money with giant right. knockers, like especially as a stripper. Yeah. No matter what guys say in right. the club, like you're you're just gonna make more right. money. Like so yeah, and people are telling me like, don't your tits are perfect, da, da, da. and it's just like, well, I mean, but I've had perfect tits for like thirty one <laughs> years. Uh, I don't know how many more years like that's gonna happen. Right. Um, and so if I'm gonna have like, if I'm gonna have some, like, I think I'm just worried about how they're gonna age. And it's like, I this is something I never really like thought of before, but around like a year ago, I was just started getting obsessed with the idea of getting breast implants. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I could totally change my mind the next sure. year, but we'll see. And if you do, then you'll just have saved up a bunch of money. You can go blow it on something else. <laughs> hey, y'all, this is Rara. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, aka me rambling on about my insecurities. I wanted to take a moment to plug our media collective, Not Safe for Wonks. You can follow them at twitter.com slash NSFwonks or subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash not safe. Not Safe for Wonks also has their own podcast and stream and you can follow them wherever podcasts are made. Thanks. Hope you enjoy the second part of the episode. Oh my God. I just had a really good day. I'm just like vibing vibing out. I've been saying vibing a lot lately and I'm not sure if it's like too much but 
It's like when boomers try to use millennial slang, except it's millennials trying to use Gen Z slang. We just overuse yeah. it incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just vibing at my COVID test. Like that's not correct. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how you say that. <laughs> I just found out what uh what John means. Do you know what oh, that yeah. means? Yeah, I, d- I, I did not know until like three days ago. And I was like, I'm very embarrassed for not knowing what the fuck this meant. That's just Baltimore slang. Yeah. That's um, just knowing people that live in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, like, well, there's this one, there's this one, uh, you know, there's this one sex worker I talked to who um, like hits me up when, you know, she needs a retweet or whatever. And I always like oblige her and her name's Freak John. And I was finally like, I seen the word John everywhere. It's like. You know that phenomenon where, like, you don't see something that's really common and then someone explains it to you? Like, you see it and someone explains it to you and then you see it everywhere. Yes. There's, like, yeah. like yeah. And then you, like, you start seeing that shit everywhere. That's how I felt when I moved to Florida when um when I saw Swamp Life for the first time. Have you seen those stickers? Uh, this is such a fucking specifically Florida thing. <laughs> like, I've got to say, I've only been to Florida like twice. So, oh my god, you would love it, Simone. You would freaking <laughs> love it. Um, North Central Florida's got some real beautiful springs and lakes, and uh, I I went to Tallahassee so. once, but I was only there for a couple days, and then I was in Central Florida once, and I was like, this is. Okay, I guess I want to Miami <laughs> really bad, but and I do I do like um, swamps and bogs, as it were. Yeah. So I would I would love to see some some wetlands. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fun. <laughs> like you, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's super Southern Gothic, but like it just feels so eerie and mystical at times, and it very much is just like a fairy tale bog, uh, white trash <laughs> like fantasy it's awesome i love it (laughs) beautiful beautiful yeah Yeah. i i feel like florida um i get the hate but also Mm. it is somewhat underappreciated in some ways and i think i've um grown to appreciate certain aspects of it by consuming art and writing from florida people who love florida and so they come Mm -hmm. from the perspective of like here's my love of florida and i'm like okay i can vibe i can vibe with that (laughs) I'm sorry. I truthfully, like full disclosure, I might be a little bit lit for this episode. Um, Sick <laughs> for the for the second Love half of this episode because we technically recorded the first half a uh, couple days ago, so it w- might be a little bit disjointed. But that's okay. We'll we'll deal. Yeah. The listeners, they'll deal. They they will deal. <laughs> they will deal. <laughs> and then you know what? And they're gonna listen. To. And they're gonna love it. <laughs> Because that's the rule, and we do make yeah. the rules here. But I've had several people reach out, by the way, and say that they love our episodes. They're like, I love your podcasts. And so thank you out there, whoever you are. You know who you are. For, like, supporting us. That's super sweet. We just released another episode today. So I'm just really happy about how this whole project's going. It's really fun. I had a stripper friend reach out she was listening to one of the episodes and she said this is so funny it makes me feel less alone and i was like Aww. oh give me a hug <laughs> yes so community sweet. it's love, so like love, it's so cheesy to be like community but it's like it's so true though like i don't know my online like sex work sex worker community friends are just like the fucking best like um i just online- have nothing but love for them Literally, the online stripper community 
changed my life. Like I literally would not be here <laughs> without them. I literally, it was a group chat of strippers on Twitter that I was in that fully convinced me to leave the relationship that I really needed to leave, which Amazing. was holding me back from doing sex work. Like literally yes. strippers saved my life. And I'm so grateful to them because yeah. I was being a little pussy and I really needed to <laughs> spread my wings and my legs and go out there. And <laughs> Same. So, oh my God. Yeah. yeah like doms, <laughs> the dom community online are like FinDom, especially like financial dominatrixes. Dominatrices? Dominatrixes. Do- dominatrix? It would be dominatrix. <laughs> Whatever. Findoms, <laughs> as we call them, findoms are literally the reason I am just like so solid with everything right now. Like, ugh, the incredible amount of hustle among among dominatrices and uh, and <laughs> findoms, especially like w- just women taking money from men. <laughs> oh God! I wish God's you could see me right world. now, viewers. I am drinking the fuck out of this rosé. <laughs> Drinking, drinking rosé, thinking about how lovely it is to take money from men. Just what, a, drinking, what a vibe. Drinking rosé with frozen blueberries at the bottom because I do love a good fruity infusion. Um, Kel yeah. Summer, what is this? I know. Well, <laughs> I <can> go to there. <laughs> I know. This has like been a thing with me and my boyfriend during quarantine, where we just go through phases of food and drink, and we're just sure. we've been on our rosé phase for like six months. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so what you meant to say was you were going through a rosé quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Every other food is like whatever, but rosé is the main staple of the diet. Uh, exactly. In Maslow's yeah. hierarchy, it goes rosé. <laughs> this is and the then, most like, white lady shit I do, part. though. Like, if you were to listen to me, you'd be like, this girl does not have a drop of melanin in her. <laughs> um, but I swear to you, <laughs> I swear to you, I'm mixed. <laughs> I just do some white girl shit like this sometimes because it's fun. Because being basic is pretty fun. Honestly, people get a lot of shade for being basic, but can you blame people for just having a good time and being basic? Like let let just a bitch vibing, have a pumpkin spice latte. Just vibing. She is simply <laughs> vibing, enjoying a, a beverage, <laughs> a beverage of her choosing. Um, yeah. <laughs> God. Okay. So truthfully, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not also, li- I'm also, I'm not just lit. I, I took some edibles and I haven't taken edibles in a really long time. <laughs> I'm so stoked to see how the second half of this episode It's going to be great. Um, I, I feel like so. it takes away a lot of my, uh, it takes away a lot of my insecurity. So I'm just, I know I'm weird, but I'm just fine with it. I'm like, whatever, this is what's happening in the moment. Whereas yeah. when I'm not on edibles, <laughs> I'm like I'm weird I'm being weird I'm being neurotic now oh god stop being neurotic um and that just like feeds into itself so this is much better so this is a weird episode because it's a little bit disjointed and I feel like I couldn't have like not acknowledged that just because a couple days have gone by right um but yeah so we were talking about cosmetic surgery and the procedures that we have had done and like not had done and want to get done um so yeah. Simone, do you have? Did we talk about what it was that you wanted to potentially get done, or or not? No, no, we didn't get there. Um, so I, up until really quarantine, had never really thought I wanted to get anything done. And I, I mean, I mentioned when we were recording this earlier. Uh, when I was younger, I definitely had thought about stuff like lipo, but it was from a really 
um, toxic self-hating place of like, I just wanted to be thin and Mm -hmm. didn't think there was another way for me to do that. And that kind of went away because I didn't think cosmetic surgery was something I wanted. And then during quarantine, I started getting really self-conscious again about my body because I had to start making online content and watching Mm -hmm. all of it back all the time was really grueling and taxing. And lifestyle changes meant that sitting home, eating, not going to my gym anymore, trying to get into a routine of at-home workouts, but not being used to it. And so I, mm-hmm. I put on some weight and then, and then I lost it again. I mean, it's, it, I go through a pretty standard five pound fluctuation regularly. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not a huge deal, but every time it happens, I get all freaked out. And mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'm, I'm in a much healthier mindset now than I was a few mi- months ago, but um yeah, I was I was just feeling really down about myself when I was reviewing my content and editing and then being bombarded with work Twitter, just constantly images of beautiful women. Um, mm. And something that helped was talking to colleagues about, you know, the ways that people edit photos yes. and how much you do have to remember that people do that. And that's very much, especially with the professional shoots, that's part of the freaking thing is yeah. they get them all retouched. And this was harder for me to wrap my head around because I don't really edit my photos. Um, Mm -hmm. Aside from a filter, I don't have any body edits on any of my photos because I simply don't know how. It's not because (laughs) I think I'm better for it. It's just literally like I'm too fucking lazy to learn. And the photographer that I work with, that's just not really her thing either. She doesn't really do that. And so my photos are a, a representation of what I look like yeah. And so when I look at other people, I'm just like, oh, same. But then I'm like, no, not same. And also mm-hmm. we all use angles. I definitely still use angles, even if I don't yeah. edit. And so keeping that in mind, it's hard. Your mind does this dissonance thing of, I know what I do and I know what the truth is, but somehow I forget that every time I see a photo. And so it would get really yeah. overwhelming to just be scrolling and seeing all these beautiful, beautiful people with beautiful bodies of all different mm-hmm. kinds, including bodies that were like mine, but for some reason on me, I just couldn't uh, figure yeah. out, you know, what, what was yeah, going on. Yeah, no, so I get anyway. the same thing, too. I get the same fucking yeah. thing. Like, I've it had this really... fucking issue since I was 16. I just have the worst vision of myself, you know? Yeah, it's a crazy, like, dysmorphia situation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was funny, actually, I was talking to a colleague in the DMs a little while back, and I had messaged her to be, like, her body shape kind of is like mine and I feel like I don't see mine often like my particular situation um and so I was like you know your photos really make me feel better about my body because you're so fucking gorgeous like I love looking Mm -hmm. at your photos I think your body is amazing and she was like oh my god that's how I feel about you um but your stomach is flatter than mine and I was like I feel like your stomach's flatter than mine and it's so fucked up that we're both sitting here like comparing ourselves to each other but we have such similar bodies that we just need to turn it back inside. And so stuff like that is really eye-opening as well when I'm like, God, oh, yeah. shit, we're literally just doing it to each other all the fucking time. That's so crazy. Um, but we do it to our – like, we 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 do – like, I mean, all of this shit's reinforced by, you know, the patriarchy. But, like, we do – we work in an industry where we are just confronted with – every like flaw like every perceived flaw and every like shortcoming the further removed you are from the eurocentric like standard of beauty of like uh tall hourglass blonde hair Mm -hmm. really tan uh like the thing that's in right now like the further away you are from that and light-skinned 
and uh, like the more difficult it becomes right so it's yeah. just uh, you're just so bombarded with images like that every day and it really does suck but what's fucked yeah. up is i also like i've also had some of my most like confident highs like about my body as a sex worker mm -hmm. like especially like on a good day or night when you're just like making bank and everybody's into you and you're, yeah. you're just like like nobody can get enough of you and you're just like oh fuck yeah like this feels so good um because you did that with your fucking body right exactly. um so like i don't know i think it's gonna i think it's really rough these days like because everyone's business has slowed down and i just think like it's hard not to internalize that and be like oh my god is it because i gained five pounds and you can kind of see right. it in these pictures or clips or right. whatever or it's like oh i have a new wrinkle or like oh man like you know my cheeks look kind of like like hollow that day like mm -hmm. i look like i have like shadows under my eyes like it's hard to it's really hard to like think about that shit all the time so i totally Definitely. understand totally and understand why girls get fucked up over it it's funny because people say like you have to have a thick skin to be in the industry specifically for strippers too because men can be trash and it's oh, funny God, because yeah. um men rarely comment on insults on my body i'm lucky enough to be still a standard size person i don't get a lot of hate mail it's never men that are insulting to me and when men are insulting it's i just laugh at them because it's usually like the ugliest dick print of a person who wants to say <laughs> yeah. something and you're just like yeah dude i literally don't care you look like a frog like shat yeah, out yeah. a tadpole and like you are the remains of that i don't know yeah, where that but also came like from, but, uh, anyway <laughs> um, no but also like these an these fucking anime avatars that come out of the woodwork to be like to be like you're nothing but a whore and it's like okay show me your fucking face bro yeah <laughs> yeah but it's funny because so yeah i'm not really affected by what men think about my body but i have through my own lack of confidence through quarantine more seriously considered cosmetic surgery but it, it had nothing to do with how men were treating me and everything to do with how i was internalizing images mm -hmm. i was seeing so basically yeah. the, the long answer was i started considering doing a fat transfer from mostly my torso to my breasts because mm -hmm. I just started feeling self-conscious about the shape of them and the size yeah. of them, which more was like, I'm not super self-conscious of the size of them, except that I felt like they were disproportionate to my mm. torso. And I was like, well, maybe if I just move, shuffle, shuffle some stuff around, yeah. it'll be more <laughs> proportionate. I'm not really concerned about having really large breasts uh, with a fat transfer. You can only really go up about a cup size, which is probably right. about as, as much as I'd want anyway i don't i'm not really interested in having a super large chest but it's mm -hmm. funny because um that is completely internally driven and has nothing to do with the reactions i get on my body and i've actually right. had quite a few men like comment on my chest and be like please yeah. never get a boob job like i love them so much and i i, I get that all the time really, too. like so interesting because i think they are weird <laughs> and strange and i, I get that them. all the time too like i got i have guys tell me don't ever change your like the, that weird threatening that tone they take yeah, in the strip yeah. club like don't ever change and you're like ah okay didn't ask yeah. you but <laughs> right yeah yeah and no then, like sorry yeah, yeah go ahead no it's just funny because i'm like i know a, i don't know as much about the effects of getting a fat transfer and how mm. that affects people's money. But I know everyone I've talked to that's gotten a boob job in the industry, a hundred percent across they the board. They make, like, make more money. Yeah. And guys insist yeah. that that's not the case, but like you make more money. And so it is hard. Yeah, to it, it, it's grapple. mathematically proven. Right. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, would I get that effect as well? Or would it really just be for me? Because I'm not really interested in having um, implants of any kind. 
even though I see some, I've seen some really fucking good ones. And I've actually been really surprised this year. There've been a few times where I genuinely did, was not able to tell until someone told me. And I was like, Same. that fucking rules. Um, that's really cool. I mean, if you want to go for the obvious look too, that also is cool and hot. Like yeah. there's no wrong way to do it as long as you're happy with it. It definitely changed my perception also of what implants were because I always mm-hmm. kind of assumed them to be something that was a little bit too obvious for what I would want on my body. And then right. I started realizing that that's just not the case. And there's so many different ways to do it. And and yeah, like um, if you're noticing it, you're noticing probably like uh, someone who went up like maybe too big for their frame or like mm-hmm. a really bad one that looks like kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, those are the ones that you like can really tell. So of course, it seems like the ones yeah like it's like Ugh, gross I would never get a boob job but it's like then you yeah. meet someone with an amazing one you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah for me it was like the thing that's most obvious to me is when they're like too perky for how big they are um yeah. and they can still look super I know a few people with boob jobs where they're definitely perkier than natural boobs would be of that of that size but they still look pretty natural in terms of the shape like and the size, and kind they of, look yeah. they look more realistic but then what had surprised me was I started seeing more of that teardrop shape of like they had mm-hmm. some of that natural sag that I find yeah. really hot but it was like yeah, a constructed sexy. sag and that's mm-hmm. where I was like oh I literally can't tell that's really cool mm-hmm. I yeah. like that because I like I like a little bit of saggy titty who doesn't you know yeah <laughs> yeah I, I just like the, the the shape of it is like really sensual you know it's very mm-hmm. like it's very pleasing aesthetically <laughs> It's some art deco titties. Uh (laughs) Which is funny because on myself, the thing that I'm self-conscious about my breasts is that I feel that they hang a little bit too low for for the size that they are, which is kind of small. And I'm like, Mm. I think if they were the same, but just slightly higher... Right. That would be all. So I could just get a breast lift, I guess. But yeah, I I was was thinking about a breast lift too. Yeah, like if I if I'm going to do that, I might as well also move around the other parts of my body I'm unhappy with. But <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still I thought pretty of, undecided I thought of the fat on it. Too. Yeah. yeah, I thought of the it's... fat transfer too because I have like what I like what I consider I like the I like the hang of my titties right now. But I was like, maybe instead of getting a full blown boob job, I get a fat transfer first, so I could have a little bit more roundness on top because mm-hmm. I like the bottom shape. But I don't like that there's no volume on top to, like, really give it a nice, like, silhouette. Same. The silhouette that I want, basically. So I was like, maybe I'll go less drastic and, like, just get a fat transfer. But then I was like, I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars, right? Why not just go for the thing that I know that I want that I would look good with? Because, like... I have broad shoulders and I feel like I could carry some big bouncy titties around. Hell yeah. Amazing. And like, and it would enable me to not feel bad about gaining like five to 10 pounds every here and there. Because with small titties, I feel like you can just really tell when your bottom half is starting to. Totally. So I'm like, that's my, that's my concern. But every time you mention, I mention it to guys at the club, I think I've had one customer that didn't do this, but they're like, don't do it. (laughs) No, don't touch it. They're so perfect. And it's like, dude, fuck you. I could definitely see with the bald head and the long legs and the big anime titties, you would look like Brigitte Nielsen vibes going, you know, like, yeah, you would would slay that for sure. I I would be such a fucking killer dom with big old titties, like, and a big ass. I'd be unstoppable. Literally. literally you cannot knock me down yeah not with these knockers yeah <laughs> not with these crash pads yeah yeah 
<laughs> Austin Powers that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like Fembot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh wait, so no, um yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. You're fine. I was gonna say I completely forgot. Like we had some stories from listeners, right? Yeah. That we wanted yeah. to read out. I think we should yeah, maybe I'm like do one of those right super now. Super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh yeah, but so some some people wrote in through the Instagram, I guess, or Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, the Twitter says at five two nine pod and it's all written out. Um numerically? Alphabetically. Um, alphabetically. Alphabetically on Twitter, <laughs> five to nine pod, yeah. Okay, okay. Five to yeah. nine pod. Yeah. So so a bunch of people wrote you and you're keeping an eye on those emails because you're a yeah. responsible person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the one thing I know how to do is fucking answer emails. Um Hell yeah. Yeah. So one that I, this perspective, I really appreciated um, from an anonymous person who said, hi, I am a closeted trans man, sex working as not trans slash closeted. I had a weight loss surgery to both make more money to be conventionally curvy, parenthetical, not gloriously curvy, and also to feel like I am more man than I am by having weight loss make it so when I do start hormones, I can have a figure with less female hormone-driven curves, uh, which I'm understanding to be with less weight on the mm, curves. Right. Minimize. I spent around 7K and only consider other cosmetic stuff that would make me feel more of a man while still passing as not the trans man I am, i.e. making my areola smaller or having facial fillers in a more male bimbo way than a femme <laughs> and bimbo vibe, which fucking, I, ah, trans man bimbo aesthetic, I need to oh see Oh my it. God, yeah. Um, that would be really hot. Thanks for letting me DM. I feel guilty sometimes changing my body to be skinny. I got the idea from a local sex worker who is an easy six-figure earner and I wanted easier money, but I tried to remind mm-hmm. myself I am leaving the BBW uh, FSSW slash stripper community to be my more male self. Um, mm-hmm. And they said they were crying and they said thank you. And I think that's a really oh. valuable perspective because I, um, I told them this too. I know a lot of people like that in the industry and it surprised me. I know a lot of people who present yeah. totally femme, who secretly are non-binary or trans mask and it's really challenging because to make money in the industry in the niche that they're in it's you just femme people are making more money and it can be even hard to be an alternative looking cis woman in the industry not not saying that about myself just generally what i've seen and so totally so i really appreciated that that perspective in particular because that you know would fall under something to me that's more medically necessary, but it's sort of combined with this challenge of how do I get these surgeries to make me both more comfortable in my body while still making money in this form, but knowing that eventually I'm transitioning out of that entirely. Um, I thought that was super interesting. That seems, I mean, it's, there's so many layers to this, but you know, there's so many like layers about dealing with, you know, the different ways that people perceive you, but also just like the financial risk of having to Mm -hmm. go through all this stuff. Cause this is not, inexpensive like this is like these are expensive decisions this is like going (laughs) this is like almost like going to college and like um taking classes and dropping them and still paying for them (laughs) like yeah you know like it's such a it's such a huge risk and for working class 
trans people, I can't imagine like the level of investment that takes. So, you know, you feel like you have to get it right the first time, right? Yeah. It's just, that's how I feel right now too. It's like, I can't just go willy nilly go going and doing all these procedures. I have to be very careful about it. Um, so I, I definitely like feel that. And like, I, I, I can't even imagine whoever you are out there. You're, you're fucking awesome. And we're so glad that you wrote in to us because that's a very, um, important story to, to share and experience to share with everyone. We're so excited for you to live your truth whenever you decide you're ready to do that. Like, hell yeah, you will always have a community with sex workers, even when you leave and trans and queer people. It's the whole point of this freaking podcast. The intersections are so common and so important and really shape a lot of what happens in the industry. So I think it's um, really cool to be able to get that kind of feedback. I was actually just following. Um, so it's it, it's kind of crazy because like I was I, I don't know if you know who Frankie I think I don't know if they go by um, he him now or uh, like he they but. I think uh, their at on Instagram is Frankie Vanian. Do you know who this is? It's a is porn it the star. That just got top surgery. Yeah, they're yes, a, yes. so they're a porn star, and they just got top surgery. And I followed them when they were like really femme presenting and like mm-hmm. talking about going through transition. Same. And so they're yeah, and I was like, it was really cool because I got to see them like you know, just as an Instagram phone, just as a lurker on Instagram, just be right. like, oh, wow, this person's going through their like journey. And then they actually got the surgery. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. Like all the pictures, you know, the before and after is just like wild. But yeah. I like, I know it makes some trans people that are uh, like transitioning uncomfortable, but I, I, I really feel like it's so cool to see someone's journey going from such a femme presenting person who made their money in porn as a femme presenting person to making that leap because it's so fucking brave like it's just like i don't want to be like idolizing you know and fetishizing trans people and be like oh my god you're all so brave but like that is a very difficult thing to do as like someone you know this is not the same in any regard but it's like i shaved my head and like shaved off all my long blonde hair and it was a big fucking deal, and I feel I I love it, but I also fucked with my money really hard. Yeah, <laughs> in the club, and I and I willingly did that because I was like, I just want to look a little bit more like myself, like how I feel, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted something simpler and less expensive, and I fucked with my money pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine that when you're a you know when you're in the sex industry at the level that this person was at before they transitioned to transition so publicly and to, you know, really be vulnerable in that sense. It's very, very cool to see. Um, yeah. So it is pretty brave. Yeah. So Frankie, if yeah. you're out there and if you ever listen to this, we love you. Yeah. We support. We think you're hot. <laughs> yeah. You're so hot. <laughs> can't wait to see the new stuff come out. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. For, can't, can't wait to watch some hot sex in form. Yeah. Um, the other message I got is a little bit longer, um, mm-hmm. also anonymous. And she says, if I say anything publicly about how I want to or have changed my body, people think they can fill in the blanks about how I must feel about myself or about other people's bodies. Some see it as pathetic and pitiable, others as a judgment on their own appearance or aesthetics or choices. But mm-hmm. I can change things about my body without being at war with it. Snaps to that girl. Oh, yeah. That's a great attitude to have about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Considering my surgery was to get excess skin removed after weight loss, I really thought of it more as a self-care thing. 
There were a lot of feelings wrapped up in it being from weight loss, of course, but the strongest feeling out of all of it was that I had actually started caring about my body and I wanted to shed the skin that was a reminder of a time in my life when I really didn't care if I lived. Hmm. The narratives about weight loss in our culture are so busted. I don't want to talk <laughs> about weight loss without saying this. Diet culture is straight up evil, snaps, and exists to generate profits from people failing diets and hating their bodies. Mm-hmm. And some of the reaction to that evil of diet culture has been to say nobody should try to lose weight. And speaking for myself only, I am glad that I did decide to lose weight. There has to be some middle ground here. Weight loss is not a black and white topic. Genuinely, I feel it was an act of care for my body and the surgery was the logical next step. And I find there is this bizarre judgment in some queer circles about different body modifications. Mm-hmm. Tattoos, haircuts, those are all cool. Gender-affirming aesthetic changes, those are understood as essential health care by anyone worth knowing. But things like getting a tummy tuck or breast lift or Botox, that's treated as weirdly taboo. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the circles I run in. And it can manifest as a sort of anti-sex work attitude where queer people who don't do sex work can't accept that I'd get cosmetic procedures as a business investment in addition to it being something I want for myself. Like they find it horrifying, I might change my body to make more money. But anyone who does physical labor pays to maintain their body just in different ways. Your physical image is part of your labor when you're a sex worker. It's similar to how models maintain their image or how athletes maintain their muscles or how people who make crafts protect the skin of their hands. All that said, people can think whatever they think about me. If somebody thinks I shouldn't change my body, then they can just go ahead and pay my bills. <laughs> yes! I don't, entertain, uh, I don't entertain clients' opinions about me for free, so I won't do it for anyone else. Yes. Yeah. So much. So much. So much stuff. upvoting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I relate to this shit so heavily because I've... I feel like especially, um, you know, especially as a leftist, I I talk to I try to talk to people sometimes about cosmetic surgery and I joke about it a lot. I like joke about getting big old anime titties and mm-hmm. I can feel sometimes the judgment of people being like, why would you do that? Like, why would you spend all that money and da, da, da. And it's just like, you're not a sex worker. You don't understand. Like, yeah. You like the thing is, is like I I really think that most sex workers that get cosmetic surgery, they know exactly how they're going to feel afterwards. Like they've thought mm-hmm. about it. They fa- we fantasized about it. Right. About like our ideal bodies and I, our ideal image that we present to the world that will make us feel more confident. I think people like balk at it because it's such a personal experience. Like surgery is so personal. Whereas totally. if you are paying for a new laptop for your work like as a freelancer, no one would bat an eyelash, right? They'd be like, oh, good investment. But it's like, as soon as you start investing in your physical being as a sex worker, people are like, wait, what? Uh, That's fucked up and weird. Like, Right. It is such a weird, nuanced thing Mm because it is just so personal and it is a really big decision to make. And I don't know, sometimes it it gets almost too overwhelming to think about it. And I do just kind of want to be like, fuck it just do the thing that fucking makes you happy like you're only really gonna live for however long no one's gonna give a fuck in 50 years if you got your titties done like it literally doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and we can talk about all the philosophical and political reasons why you should or shouldn't get plastic surgery or cosmetic enhancements or whatever and you know i can have my feelings about how i wish we didn't have to conform to these societal Mm -hmm. whatevers but ultimately 
if you want to get some tiggle bitties, get some fucking tiggle bitties <laughs> and call it a fucking day and make your fucking bag. And that's it. That's your business. Yeah. And no, and anyone that has anything to say about it is not shit. And if they're not paying me, I don't care. And if you are paying me, I still don't care because it's not your fucking Yeah, body. I'll pretend <laughs> to care for like, I'll be like, pretend to care, be like reasonable amount, right? Right. Uh, like oh yeah oh maybe i'll think about it oh yeah, okay yeah. thank you yeah. for the hundred dollars sir but yeah. also like the the audacity of men to tell you like oh no don't change like don't change your body and then not attach like a tip to it is like excuse I, me if you love <laughs> you're kind so of proving much. my fucking point right now <laughs> like like yeah yeah it is a whole thing the other thing i wanted to i wanted to go through this Twitter poll thread that I made. Um, but okay. I also, um, I did want to touch on, I don't remember if we talked about this when we were last recording or if it was another conversation or if it wasn't us talking at all, but uh, the ways in which we understand or think we understand what a natural body looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah. How surgery, like how cosmetic surgery has shaped what we understand to be natural. Um, mm-hmm. So I like for an example, a lot of guys will say, oh, I want a natural and this can be applied to makeup too. I like the no makeup look. I like the natural look. They don't know <laughs> what that is. Men, if you're listening, you don't know what that is. You, you don't know what natural is. You have no idea if someone's wearing makeup or not. You don't yeah. understand. No. Um, there was that post I made on Twitter that was like, like I was wearing like I swear two inch lashes as a joke <laughs> one day at the club. And a guy was like so – I don't know if it was nerves or something or he was genuinely an idiot, but he's like, oh, are your lashes real? And I was just like <laughs> sitting there with like bats on my eyes like, no, babe, like they're not. I'm about to fly away with these things like they're not yeah. real. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's so interesting how, you know, we get into these ideas of oh I like I like natural women or Mm. I want to look I want my surgeries to still look natural like we were talking about whether you can tell someone's gotten an enhancement or not and how a lot of these surgeries over time they're meant to sort of look natural quote Mm -hmm. quote but but the dial of what natural is has moved because of cosmetic surgery so now what we associate with natural is a constructed image that doesn't isn't actually natural and it it doesn't take cosmetic surgery to achieve it i would say that Mm -hmm. the the ultra slim waist ultra thick ass phenomenon that's really popular right now is not something that occurs naturally uh all the time and it also is obviously ripped from black beauty standards that have been demonized and are now being glorified white women have figured out how to harness those aesthetics Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can do that in the gym too and so a lot of it just takes fitness more work. <laughs> yeah, it just takes more work. But fitness people advertise mostly glute exercises and like these waist mm-hmm. trainers and all of these things. And we start to associate that as natural. But it's like if you right. have to go to the gym five days a week and lift for an hour and a half and eat a really specific diet, that's not it's natural. Not natural no, it's it's not implanted, but it's certainly not right. your natural body type. And so, uh, yeah, so we associate like, oh, well, I wish I just naturally looked like that. And it's like, well, you know what? Most of us don't naturally look like fucking anything. We're just sort of yeah. in a shape. And so um, and sometimes we mold, if sometimes if we're really lucky, we can mold that shape to something uh, that approximates what we want it to look like right. sometimes uh, right. if we're incredibly lucky. No, this is like something I've been thinking about a lot lately just because, um, you know, like I, I'm i worried about my, my metabolism as I get older. And I, I, you know, all the women in my family are pretty petite and pretty skinny. 
But I just, it's something I've always worried about. Like I've, you know, I have an eating disorder. Uh, I've had one since I was 16. So I'm like very uh, hyper aware of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like the appeal of these systems, like you just do this, this and this, and then you can just like have the body you want. You've always wanted. It's so addictive. It's so like, and misleading because who really has the fucking time to be in the gym five days a week? I fucking don't. Literally. <laughs> and I have an open-ass schedule. Like, yeah. I used to – there was a couple years um, – a couple years ago when I was weightlifting heavy and I was working a full-time, you know, nine-to-five <laughs> yeah. job. Um, <laughs> and then working out three to four times a week, lifting heavy, eating a really specific way so that I could shape my body more. And I was really strong and I felt good, but it also was grueling to eat the way that I was eating. I measured all my fucking food. It wasn't, it was interestingly enough, not as disordered as when I actually had like a more severe eating disorder. I was, I was Mm -hmm. approaching it pretty healthfully for a while, but um, it did become this thing that I would get anxious about and obsessive about of like, if I missed a workout, I would get, I would feel really guilty. And, uh, and now I just sort of work out in a way that feels more intuitive and I eat in a way that's a little bit more intuitive and my body is not quite as ripped or as cut or whatever as it was. But I'm still really strong and I still feel largely good about where I've gotten with um, my body. But anyway, the the Mm -hmm. whole natural versus not natural thing is just so interesting to me because I even catch myself like looking at girls who have like really obvious lip filler and (laughs) and get it got their BBL and you know, sometimes I look at it and not in a judgment, but just like, oh, she's like clearly had work done. And then I have to catch myself mm-hmm. and be like, that might be the look she's going for. Not everyone is yeah. trying to pretend they haven't had work done. And that's fine, too. Right. You can want this sort of bimbo plastic aesthetic. And that actually is yeah. a thing now, too, where people are like, I want to look like I've gotten work done because guess what? It means I'm a hot bitch who has money. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool, that kind of, yeah, those girls at the club. Those ones where you look at them and you're like, my God, like that's your first reaction to them. Those girls make like fucking (laughs) so much money. Like dudes are like it's a fascination there, too, because it is clearly I think that there really is like a like girls with like plastic surgery fetish that can only get off on themselves looking like, you know, looking like really contrived and plastic. And then there, there's a certain, like, beauty to that. Like, I think that there's a kind of a certain, like, not even grotesque or, like, weird, but there's just, like, a certain beauty and over-exaggeration and camp. And, like, yeah. there's definitely a place for it in sex work. I mean, all of BDSM is camp, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's all performance. So, like, if your um, sexuality is tied up in performance a lot and being noticed and being visible, then what better way than to look like a, like a total Barbie doll, you know? So I, I fucking get it like on a, on an intellectual level. I, I don't personally get it for myself, but I could see it working for everybody else. (laughs) I'm like, we're human beings who have limited lives and limited, a lot of the time, limited control over those lives. You know, we live under capitalism. There's only so much we get to choose. Why not look exactly the way you want to? And what if that is alien or grotesque or emphasized Mm. beauty or something over the top? Like if that's the thing that makes you happy and gives you a sense of control over a world where you have no control, fucking do it and live that life. That is a good, that's actually a way of, yeah, that's a way of looking at it. That's like very, um, (laughs) it's in a way kind of like doomer, but I like it a lot because it's like, yeah, you have you have control over so few things in the world. Like, why not 
exercise that control where it's you can, when you can. Yeah. yeah, because you're like, it's empowering in it's, its own way, in its own yeah. like fucked up. In its like, this is the thing. Like, the root of all this is like, um, what makes money, what makes femme people money in a patriarchal society, right? And the root of all that is capitalism, right? This mm-hmm. impetus to even have to make these decisions. So it's like you can be anti-capitalist uh, and want cosmetic surgery for yourself. Yes. Like those things are not competing, I guess, is is the and whole it, like thesis of all of what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think like cosmetic surgery gets shit on, especially by fucking people who aren't in the sex industry, who don't have as much of a relationship to it, especially, yeah. you know, anyone, even, you know, me in my former life, when I didn't know anyone that had it, I had no connection to it. Like you just judge it without understanding it. But the yeah. truth is that judgment comes from a place of like, oh, why would you do that? Blah, blah, you're changing yourself. But the world is literally always asking you to make compromises on yourself to fit in better. And it's simultaneously telling you that you're not allowed to be fat or to have a a belly and small titties or to have a flat ass. You're not not allowed to have any of that and Mm -hmm. be desirable. But if you do anything to change it, you're also a stupid fucking whore who's (laughs) and you're you're succumbing like you can't so unfair how we get both of those messages where you're not it's all internalized yeah we're we're expected we're expected to improve internally because like oh you're not pretty now like oh you're not skinny like oh you don't have like big old titties and a small waistline naturally that's too bad you should just be smarter (laughs) like you should just work harder and it's like no fuck that i want to be pretty and do less work like fuck you (laughs) like 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 oh, well, if the world tells you that you're not beautiful or desirable, you should just learn to love yourself internally. And then you see people who have learned to love themselves internally. And then if they show it, you see this a lot with um, women who are like plus size, super fat. Mm, Yeah. um, Like I'm using the term super fat intentionally, um, Mm -hmm. who, you know, make videos of them loving themselves and dancing around. And then everyone hates on them. And it's like, they hate them for loving themselves but they're also like well you should just love yourself and not ignore the haters and it's like you should just disappear (laughs) not fucking exist as far as everyone else exists and if you were to listen to all the messages you know you would never land anywhere because they all contradict themselves so ultimately fuck anyone do what you want to do and if you're having moral qualms within yourself you know, you can talk to people and you can get guidance on it, but don't let anyone who doesn't have a stake in your life or your body make those kinds of decisions or make you feel bad for doing it or not doing it or whatever. And definitely don't shame anyone else for doing it. And that's my fucking piece. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drop the mic. Done. But I do I do want to just run through this poll really quick because I thought okay, do it. interesting results. We don't have to spend too much time, but um, okay. So I'll skip the first couple because I don't think they're that interesting. But uh, the third question was, did social media or other exposure to the sex industry influence your decision? Um, We had 30 votes. 26.7% said yes, it directly influenced. 36.7% each said no, I already wanted it or somewhere in between, Um, which is funny because that's almost it's almost a direct three way split between that. Interesting. I know I touched on like social media was a huge thing social media exposure to the sex industry would i would say is the main influence on me actually starting to take uh cosmetic enhancement seriously so i would have answered yes directly influenced but um yeah same here because even like three years ago i was totally against it right right yeah and it wasn't until i became a stripper that i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah 
Um, one of these questions was, have you thought about slash gotten any work done solely because of the potential income potential, even if it may have run counter to your own personal aesthetics, which I wish there was room to Hmm. flush out that question more. I was kind of trying to get at like, you know, say you personally don't want big titties. Maybe that's not in line with your gender or your just gender presentation. Um, Mm -hmm. but you do it just for work, even if it's not what you actually want. And, um, 32.1% said, yeah, it was just for the money. Uh, the majority, 42.9% said money and body image. Uh, 21.4% said not for the money, just the body image. And then 3.6% said other. Um, but I didn't get any feedback on it. So, Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's but really interesting like, to note because I yeah. would have thought that much many, like, I, I would have thought that much more of cosmetic surgery was for body image than for, mm-hmm. like, the actual, like, income potential. Yeah. And it, yeah, that is interesting because the majority was the combo, but the second majority was just for the money. So yeah, it was interesting. Did getting work done result in a direct increase of your profits? The majority 55.6% said yes, quickly. Um, 11.1% mm. said yes, but over time. And 33.3% said no discernible difference. Um, there were only nine votes for that. So smaller mm. pool. Yeah, I, I would be curious about the no discernible difference. Like, I, I guess it one. I guess it depends which work you get done. You know, like you getting Botox right. might not have a discernible difference on your income versus getting big anime titties. Well, it wouldn't. Like, so I I noticed. I don't think I noticed any difference with the Botox in in person work because I work in a dark club and right. I like wrinkles look so different in real life versus on camera. Um, right. They're not like so scary in real life. Mm-hmm. But on camera, um, I do I, I feel like I am making more money on my online content from just but like less time consuming editing for one. Mm-hmm. And then B, I'm much more confident because I don't have a bunch of lines like to look right. at. And it doesn't destroy my fucking confidence to look at my own pictures every day. So right, which is so interesting because the income that you're the increase in income might not be because your clients are noticing the Botox, but because you mm-hmm. are presenting a more confident version of yourself that is attracting money. Right. It's you the, know? Like, like I said, it's the confidence for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I got the cheek fillers too to uh, fill out my Mylar lines, I was mm-hmm. like, I noticed that I'm much more confident in pictures. Like I am mm-hmm. much more like happy to take pictures of myself. And there are more, there are better, you know, there are more angles I can work that aren't going to make my eyes look totally hollowed out. So I have like more, like when I'm taking pictures, it's statistic, like percentage wise, I have bet more, I have more high quality pictures that I, that I look good in. Mm-hmm. than before so mm-hmm. it makes it it's like a feedback loop of confidence right so that's totally. kind of like how it's been working for me and i'm i love it i'm considering yeah. getting lip fillers now but not Great. to make them bigger but just to um because i'm having problems with my lips being drier as i age oh, okay. um so it's this the there's certain fillers that are like uh, i guess more subtle and they like fill fill out your like the spots that would look kind of dry in photos. So, gotcha. yeah. So it's like, I, I again, so like, I feel like, there's so many different things. I don't yeah. even know this. I'm like fascinated. Oh, but there's also, there's also another procedure that's like lip line tattooing because your lip line as you age gets more crinkly and less discernible. And mm. it actually shrinks. Your lips actually shrink slightly. So mm. lip rejuvenation tattooing restores that line wow. and that juiciness, like that juicy look, uh, that you get. And I was like, Dang. that is interesting too. And it's not terribly expensive compared to some mm-hmm. other stuff compared to like fillers. So I was like, hmm. So these Maybe are two one options day, I'm also looking 
maybe one day we'll have an episode where we go in together to get some shit oh, put in our feet. Oh my god. <laughs> we film yes. it and put it out as a special episode. <laughs> yes. I'm like I'm so, so like I'm really excited to um it's so funny because like I feel like I'm doing all this stuff in my face and I'm like totally not concerned about like my body work has always been like I've always been able to go to the gym and exercise and do that stuff that I want to do and maintain a nice shape like the shape that I want. Um, it's just like my face. I'm very sensitive about the way my face looks <laughs> as I as I get a little older. So I'm like, whatever I can do, because I do so much of my work online through my face, like as a dominatrix. Right. It's a lot about like expressing myself and on camera. And I like so I do a lot of face work. Um, and I'm trying to do more body work and trying to get more into that, but I feel like my in-person work is my body work. Um, well, my really face work funny. is very flirty, you know, it's, so I got to yeah, keep it, totally. keep it young, keep it sexy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I feel similarly. I feel like I, I do so much of my work through my face when I was in the strip mm. club as well. I felt like I excelled at, uh, just eye fucking people. Uh, <laughs> yes. so to me, the idea of wearing a mask in a strip club is really challenging. Cause I'm like, I feel like so much of this is the full situation that i've got yes. going on oh my god um, it is so difficult to communicate like even if you have like the sexiest smokiest eyes it's like men mm -hmm. are stupid men yeah, are so fucking stupid that they will not realize it like i've yeah. had to pull down my mask on stage and do my full face at somebody because they were looking at me like who me or the guy behind yeah. me <laughs> i'm just like i'm looking at I'm you looking, idiot like looking at you with my eyes not my mouth um <laughs> And it was the same, like, when I was thinking if I wanted to keep my face out or hidden on, for full service, I was like, I'm, my, my face is literally why people <laughs> like talking to me. Like, I'm, I, I know I've got some cool body stuff sometimes I've been told, but like, I know where, what people really like me for. And in terms of like, if I only had my body to go on, it's not the most eye-catching compared to all the other bodies that exist you know i'm just like yeah. yeah it's it's tough to like it's tough to be like yeah i'm pretty <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah mean, yeah no I, and it sounds like facetious but it's like so funny because it's such a specific type of like it's, it's even, like marketing it's thing you know it's like a pretty thing it's like uh i use my i'm very expressive with my face and i yeah use you do have these big like old brown doe eyes too <laughs> that are like very enchanting and so it's like you gotta you gotta yeah. use what you got <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think that I like I'm also a really naturally smiley person and people really mm -hmm. like that it makes other people feel good. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like me smiling a lot at people makes them feel emotionally seen. And like, how do I do this if I can't smile at people like it's so weird. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I also thought it was interesting that you were saying you prioritize your face because in our poll about what is your most desired enhancement or surgery right now face was the winner and it was 42 oh, yeah. percent people said they wanted to get their face worked on um and then it was 30.8 percent said abdomen slash leg slash arm slash other unfortunately there aren't enough right. poll options on twitter to separate all of those <laughs> and then 15.4 percent said booty 11.5 said titties so face definitely really? is wow. up there yeah yeah I, I expected titties to be higher just because I think it's the one I see people talk about the most but um yeah I don't know I think it's because I find a very wide range of faces attractive because it really is like mm. it's not necessarily about the symmetry or about any particular feature it's like 
when a person has a very like sometimes that they have like a really distinct look like where it's like oh you have a very interesting face like yeah. it's not necessarily handsome or beautiful it's just like oh these features together are very interesting to me yeah or they have just like or they just the strength of their like personality really comes out in their facial features like I love mm-hmm. that about people um, I think those are the things, the qualities I look for in an attractive face. So I, I, it's, it's funny to me that like it's, it's so high up on everyone's list. But again, I don't know what everyone else is working with. So and like, <laughs> yeah, and it could be like it could be that they are doing the kind of stuff you're doing. That's I guess I would consider more subtle stuff, like a cheek filler yeah. or a lip filler or a Botox. You're Maybe right. That's, I'm, I'm thinking you know, of something like drastic, like, like you know, like. Yeah, like a chin job or li- like oh, uh-huh. a you know a facelift yeah. or some crazy shit yeah. like that. But hairline lift. God, there's so many, so many different things. Yeah, and some of them are just so like some of these procedures are so easy. Like the Botox, mm-hmm. so easy. Very yeah. little aftercare. Like you just you just don't be like in the sun or whatever, and then don't exercise for like 24 hours after you get it. Um, that's great. And there's like, no sun there anymore. We've lost it. So maybe yeah. I should start going getting my Botox. And then like now. don't like don't don't like touch your head too much. Um, right. the the whole exercise thing is actually so that you don't get like these really deep pimples from the injection mm. sites. Oh, which I thought was funny. Um yeah. yeah, like the fillers too. It's like don't sleep on your face for two weeks. Or it wasn't even yeah. two weeks, it was like one week, which was very hard for me because I sleep on my side. Um it was a very you gotta, weird week. You gotta learn how to sleep on your back. It's the way. I'm, I've been really trying to. I've been taking melatonin, um, so I think it's easier that way. But the, my problem is I sleep uh, – like, I read right before I go to sleep, and mm. I read on my side. And so I fall asleep on my side. Wow, you read on your side. Yeah. I I don't know why. It's just more comfortable for me. But – I'm, I'm also I, lazy, I, and so I when I'm starting to go go to sleep, I'm right? Like, <laughs> I watch TikToks on my side, and I always feel like such a oh piece of shit because I'm just like I'm like half passed out, like scrolling TikTok, like I'm not comfortable, oh and I'm just like God. I need to put this thing down and stop letting them data mine me. But I can't, scrolling I can't is <laughs> so bad right before bed. My therapist, like one of the first sessions we had, she was like when do you have the most anxiety? And I was like, when I wake up. (laughs) And she was like, what do you do the first thing you wake up? And I'm like, I wake up, I turn off my alarm, I check Twitter. And she's like, you check Twitter? (laughs) She doesn't even have a Twitter. And I'm like, "Um," I got so defensive. I was like, "Um, yeah, but I don't think that's the problem. She's like, like, have you tried not checking Twitter? And I was like, no. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I want to be psychically assaulted with the worst shit every day first thing i i need the immediate dopamine <laughs> yeah i need i need to check all my i have my notifications off on my phone so i have to open twitter to see if uh, everyone loved me while i was asleep and I uh, yeah need to wake me up too. and get my dopamine refilled immediately <laughs> turning notifications off was like me trying to mitigate not looking at my phone and instead i'm just like oh i have a fun little surprise dopamine hit yeah for me. Like, oh. but also for, for me the other day it was getting ratioed online i was like oh Oh, not a fun surprise. <laughs> bad surprise, bad surprise. I was like, oh, whatever. Everyone's a hater. I just like started calling people that ratio me haters. Okay, can you explain what ratioing is? Because I thought I understood, but I feel like I actually don't understand. So ratioing is when um, you have a post and it has like more comments than likes and retweets. 
<laughs> oh. Which means that people are fucking dissing you in the comments. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Usually is what it means. It's funny though because that ups your engagement, which means that well, yeah, that's that's why the most toxic people on the internet are the most famous and popular is because the algorithm rewards toxicity and reactionary like privilege and shit like that. So you get these great, beautiful, small accounts that are full of like wonderful, warm souls and talented people that just don't understand social media. And then, like, you get these real big fucking asshole accounts that run everything and, like, have the worst, most toxic followers. (laughs) And that just, like, and all you can do to, like, to get to that clout level is fight with these big accounts. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed when I was posting a couple of hot takes that those were getting way more likes. And I was like, oh, I need to just become really um, controversial like, mean and reactionary on my work Twitter yeah. if I want engagement. I need to just start like talking shit about everybody. I got I start <laughs> getting way more engagement when I'm really mean to men on my sex work yeah. Twitter. Like I'm yeah. like, oh, you know what? Fuck these broke ass motherfuckers. And yeah. it's just like I get Everyone's so like, much engagement. Like, I'm like, 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 oh. And then when I'm speaking of like, you know, as a findom, one of my the things that I love the most is connecting with a sub and the, and I'm like oh I actually don't like that and I just want you to give me money and shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah yeah no that was exactly what happened to me when I was like men that are carrot danglers like how about instead die and then everyone was like yes queen and yes I was like, oh, queen meaner to men we love I a guess. toxic queen <laughs> but it's hard because I genuinely like I'm not really a mean person and it's really hard for me to like post controversial takes like that because I'm his Twitter character <laughs> limit is so limited that I'm always like wait this could be misread as like you know oh, yeah. being judgmental I mean, trashy to the people that I'm not trying to trash and I don't want anyone to ratio me over a misunderstanding that's what that's happened to me the other day people were ratioing me over misunderstanding and I was or, I or just that. like purposely being assholes truly <gasps> truly it, it is a deliberate misunderstanding people do it and I always I get frustrated when people do it to me to my face and online when I'm like I feel like you deliberately did not read what I said or maybe your critical <laughs> reading skills babe just aren't that good and maybe yeah. just maybe you should have more attention in intro to complet or whatever the fuck because this is also not like it. peep someone's timeline and find out like what it is they're about because right. i'm not some fucking conservative reactionary i'm a fucking Literally. communist i don't have a humongous enough following to get like truly ratioed you know so it didn't really fucking bother me that much um maybe we can do a third parter uh for the patreon and we can read off maybe some more statistics and polls and Ooh, letters yeah. so be cool. we will definitely do a bonus episode so if you want to you can subscribe at patreon.com slash hot girl agenda this is obviously the podcast within the podcast but you can also tip simone at hell yeah um i'm on venmo and cash app it's the same name on both it's succubuns which is succubus with an n s-u-c-c-u-b-u-n-s on both nice. platforms um i'm trying to think if there's anyone i want to plug right now in terms of just give money to but i think um the usuals green light project on cash app is just green light project you can find them pretty easily um go on twitter and find a sex worker and give her money especially if she's a bipoc sex worker just do your good deed <laughs> for the day do it find it maybe, on your own you don't need me to do the work for you <laughs> yeah maybe we'll do an episode soon about how to find the sex worker you're looking yeah. for Ooh. 
Ooh. as a client for clients. Ooh, very cool. Uh, wow, we're gonna do so much labor for you for free. Oh my god, y'all better fucking tip and subscribe. I swear <laughs> to God, uh, <laughs> take men's money. <laughs> But um, but yes, you can subscribe to the Patreon. You can tip Simone. You can tip me. Um, it's at sci-fi babe sixty nine, uh, <laughs> sci-fi babe sixty nine on Cash App and Venmo. Um, any little bit fucking helps. Oh my god, I made twenty nine dollars yesterday at the strip club. I shit you I not. I literally hate that ass. for you so much. I hate it for I me too. <laughs> I made more money doing fin dom that day in between stage sets than I made all day at the club literally it's <laughs> thank god bogus. for side hustles but jesus christ y'all if you're going to the club you better be fucking tipping or i will take off my pleaser and beat you to death with it um Period. parody, uh, parody <laughs> whoever is out there screening all this shit um <laughs> anyway we will see you next time on five to nine podcasts bye bye